0: You're listening to the Take It Easy Podcast. Three amigos just taking it easy since 2013. Good morning, afternoon, evening, and night. Thank you for tuning in to the Take It Easy Podcast. This week on the Take It Easy Podcast, we've replaced Cameron with one of my old friends from college. He was my roommate freshman year, and his name is Lee. Lee, say hello.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: Uh Lee, tell us a little bit about yourself. what what do you do? What are what are some hobbies?
1: Um pretty much ever since I got out of college I've pretty much just worked in like political activism and working on like elections and stuff like that. So a lot of boring stuff and then a lot of fun stuff, depends.
0: Ooh, what what recent election did you did you work for a local election or what?
1: Um I worked for a local uh st- date senators race, and then um, I got interviewed with Leadership Institute, um, or actually one of their partner organizations, kind of like their sister org, called um, Conservative Action Pack. And um, they normally run congressional campaigns or um, big-level campaigns. And through that interview, I actually was hired in-house at the Leadership Institute. So that's pretty much how I where what I've been doing for the um, past six months. I was actually stationed in Michigan as one of their field reps so I was working with college students um, rolling around a giant beach ball around campus to um, push for freedom of speech. (laughs) What does that have Uh, to do with a
0: giant beach ball? What?
1: It's kind of a thing done um, by Young Americans for Liberty which is Organization I've worked with, as well as Leadership Institute, um, just to try to get people into free speech ball. It's uh, pretty much like a giant beach ball, about gotcha. the size of a car, and you grab sharpies and write pretty much whatever you want. And
0: okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. So what do you what do you do now?
1: Um, right now, I'm actually just helping teach at high schools and stuff, working with um, political science and social studies.
0: Well, make sure you you tell your students about the Take It Easy podcast. We can now be found on iTunes. Woo! Nice. Okay. Uh, Lee, what is something funny or interesting that happened to you this week? Have you had enough time to think about it?
1: Not really. Um yeah I was you' just
2: sat at home all weekend you
1: know <laughs> I have I had a car accident back in January, um up in the middle of nowhere, so i've I don't have vehicle to get out of the house really much, so I'm kind of stuck when I'm not working. You
0: mean you wrecked that little weird
1: truck? Yes, I was in trapped in a snowstorm in the middle of Michigan on a dirt road, and I just ran off the road and went headfirst into a bank. <laughs> <laughs> mm, them
0: Jeez. virginia drivers can't drive in the north sean what about your week or did you want me to go
2: oh uh, what if you i'll go why not okay go uh, ahead
0: go. you go. you guys you go. So, you, go. you go you go hey take it easy
2: oh um so wow. i've had a pretty boring week except i've been pretty clogged up uh, uh,
0: uh do you need x-lax
2: Actually, I think I do. Uh, Friday night, oh, I figured out that I really like grape juice. Except grape juice does not really like me. <laughs> um, and I was I was in the bathroom for a good couple hours, and finally I got some Pepto Bismol in me, and probably too much Pepto. And I haven't pooped since Friday night, <laughs> and it's Wednesday. So I'm feeling a little, a little Dude, constipated at the moment.
0: You are going to die. You need to go to the doctor.
2: I'm hoping I, I've been doing like fiber and all that. But yeah, what about you? How's your week?
0: Oh, the, my week is kind of crappy. But I don't think I'm allowed to talk about it on the podcast, just in case people who hire me are listening. Uh, just know that I'm highly ticked off. If you can hear me, okay. <laughs> anyway. So I was walking around today, because I have a nice neighborhood. It has a park plus graveyard. There's, like, there's the same thing, and there's a track that goes through the graveyard for some reason. I thought it was kind of disrespectful, but it's whatever. Um, so there's some families at the park today, and I'm doing my daily ex- exercising. And I come across, I come around the backside of this like uh, shelter for picnicking and stuff, and lo and behold, there's just some boy with his pants all the way down, peeing on a tree. Now, this wasn't like a two- or three-year-old that you could like just pass and say, oh, okay, he was probably nine or ten years old. Just peeing in front of everybody. In front of little kids, in front of little kids' parents, God, everybody, everybody that was in that park was seeing this little boy's ding as he's peeing.
2: Was that was that it?
0: Yeah, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. I'm ticked off, and the boy's peeing all over the place in the daggum park. There's a bathroom at the park.
2: You know what else? I just had something pop into my head. So I'm graduating college today, uh, a day and a month away, a month and a day away from now. So. I was wondering, since you guys have jobs, if you had any tips for me, like <laughs> for interviews, just just something to help me get an edge on my competition.
0: Uh, I could probably help you out. I I just got a job starting in August. Oh, yeah, that's right. Teaching, so I could probably just uh give you a few, maybe maybe eight, nine, ten tips for for a good. Job interview. From what I did, uh, go number, for it. I'll, number I'll take anything I can get. One, okay. Uh, this they're not in any particular order, but I'm just I'm just going to throw some out there. All right, number one. Always, always wear khaki cargo shorts. Okay. Like to like to interviews. To the interview, yeah. If you're going to interview, really? you're going to meet this dude. He or, or woman, whoever your interviewer is, is going to be overwhelmed by the fact that you wore khaki cargo shorts. Khaki cargo shorts scream confidence, okay? I mean, if you're able to show that much
2: leg, then go for it.
0: I mean, if you're showing your knees, you're showing your confidence, okay? Life motto right there. <laughs> Follow that tip and you'll get any job. Khaki cargo Shorts, okay? I'm writing these down. They're formal, because they're khaki, but you can take anything in it. You could probably carry your portfolio in your pocket in khaki cargo shorts, okay? (laughs) Arrive fashionably late. There's a proven study that if you show up late, it means that you are more optimistic and more determined about your future. People who show up early have no lives, mm. okay? They are way too self-conscious, and they're usually sucky at their job. All right.
2: What what is fashionably late like?
0: Probably in between five to forty-five minutes.
2: Oh, okay, I can. I mean, traffic in Maryland is terrible, so I'm probably gonna be late okay. anyways.
0: If you leave your house. In that type of traffic at the time of the interview, you'll be good. Uh, Treat the interview like a date. Answer all questions by holding the hands of the interviewer uh, and and looking them in the eyes. Like they like that sort of thing. That shows that you want the job, okay? Uh, Teamwork shows that you can work with a team that you like people. People skills is what interviewers are looking for these days, especially if this is like a higher level management job, right? Where you need good people skills. Definitely, Mm. definitely hold the interviewer's hand and make like consistent eye contact. Don't look away for any reason.
1: All right. Yeah. So don't forget to flirt and take, don't forget to take them out on a date too, because statistically, if you, if you, Date your boss. That tends to be a good thing. Good things happen.
0: Always date the boss. If you get hired, end every sentence with no. Okay? All right. That shows brotherhood. Bros say no. And when you say no at the end of a sentence, all right, it shows that you're a friendly person and you know good social trends all right you're up to date with the with society okay saying no at the end of a sentence sells that statement okay sells it like for example if someone says uh, or ask a question in an education job you say they'll say what do you think about student learning you would say I believe that uh, a good philosophy of education in regards to student learning would be that every student has the capability to, capability to learn. No, <laughs> sold that statement. Everybody's gonna believe that because I said no at the end of it. All right? it's kind of like an
2: open-ended question, you know? Like, come on, no, but this, no.
0: Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Don't make eye contact. They can sense the fear in your eyes. So, completely negating what I said (laughs) earlier, I was wrong. Do not make eye contact. All right? Unless they're asking you a question specifically and you're holding their hands, you cannot make eye contact. It shows fear. Okay? You need the intimidation factor while answering the questions. But when they're talking to you about the job, seem disinterested. Don't make eye contact. Look to the floor. Okay? Read stuff that's on the walls. You can even look behind. Maybe they've got plaques from, I don't know, beach band things that they've worn in the past. Read that. Be interested in that. Be disinterested in what they're saying.
2: Okay? Okay. I, I have a question. What? So, I am part Japanese. Yeah, you didn't know that? I'm part Japanese. I didn't know that. So, so since my eyes are so tiny and sometimes you can't see them, can I still make eye contact?
0: Um, you know, they may sense it. They may just sense that you're making so, eye contact. So just, yeah, just, don't do it. Confidence. Okay, gotcha. Confidence. Uh, to show confidence would be to look away. Okay. All right. Another one. Talk about races or people that you... You just don't like more than others. Organizations really want to know if you fit well with with their prejudices. Okay, so if you're if for example if you're going to go get a a, a job at a cake baking shop for weddings, straight up tell them you ain't baking a cake for no Asians, for no gays. All right, that's the kind of stuff that's going to get you a job. Be confident with people you don't like. All right. If you ain't into like mixed like mixed marriages or mixed couplings or whatever, tell them. Tell them how you how you feel. They want to know. All right. And if they're people if they care about people, they'll care about you. All right. Bring snacks to every job interview. Rice Krispie Treats is everyone's favorite delicacy. Oh okay. <laughs> You walk up into an interview, bring snacks. If you don't bring snacks, guess what? That The interviewer is going to be disengaged from the beginning. There's nothing to get them to be interested in you. Okay? Especially if they have prejudices against you. Mm-hmm. All right. How many more you got there, if few, Uh Probably three. Maybe ten. Okay. Take your phone. Take your phone in with you, all right? I know a lot of people will say oh, you shouldn't have your phone on or don't take your phone, turn your phone completely off, shouldn't have it in the interview or whatever. No, no, okay? I, I would tell people to text me and to call me while I was in the interview so I could answer those texts and calls to make it seem like I'm an important person. Because if the mm. interviewer thinks I'm an important person, guess what? They're going to want me to work there. If important people work in, in their business, they're going to be able to make more money. Okay, because you're bringing in that business with you. All right. That's true. And, and it kind of shows that you can multitask.
2: Yes, so you can keep up a conversation that that makes really good sense.
0: Yes. Multitasking is very good. Uh, play hard to get. Tell them tell them that you really don't want to work for them. But now that they've seen that you're a really important person, they're going to want you. Okay, play hard to get tell them you don't want the job. Then they're going to start racking up salary. They're going to say, oh, well, we're going to pay you. How about we pay you $90,000 instead of $50,000? We need you, all right? Uh, When the interview is over, spit into your hand before shaking the interviewer's hand. This shows them that you are all in, all right? Straight up Goonies factor right here. You must spit into your hand before shaking hands. This is how the romans sealed deals this is how the Greeks sealed deals all right the third uh persian war was avoided because of this type of handshake okay Mm. there have been many instances where all of the rest of the world wanted to attack germany again but we didn't because germany learned about the spit shake (laughs) this is important this is better than signatures on a treaty all right, or contracts or whatever it is, your organization makes you sign. This is the deal right there. All right. Spit in your hand, shake the person's hand. That's it. Wow. That's all you need to know for a job interview.
2: I, I f- I'm feeling confident. I'm going to get a job. This this next week I'm getting a job.
0: You're going to get any job you want if you follow those tips. Any mm. job you want.
2: Okay. Could could you like email them to me?
0: Absolutely after after the you show. Just recording this pod. All right.
2: Sweet. Now.
0: Let's Actually, talk Actually.
2: What? Could you could you text them to me during my my next interview?
0: Yeah. Yes. Yes, that's a good idea. Look. Sorry. Sorry to stuck Boom. Knowledge. Absolutely. All right. Now let's let's gear ourselves and take us into the next part of the podcast where we discuss the major topic for this week. And we just so happen to have chosen this Syria issue with Trump and Syria, which is the reason why I originally asked Lee to be a part of the podcast where he was just going to be a guest and talk about this. But then Cameron decided that he couldn't do it, so we replaced him with Lee forever.
2: Okay, Cam's off the podcast, so if you're friends with Cam, rest you, you can just stop, stop listening now.
0: Rest in peace, Cam. Is. Okay. So, the first issue to be talked about with this, alright? Was this strike a positive or a negative for the Syrians, and will it help them in the long
1: run? Lee, uh,
0: take it away. You're the political analyst
1: here. Well, it kind of depends on who you're rooting for. If you're for Assad, it's just continuing out the war since um, most people consider him kind of winning the war and bringing in stability. But if you're for re- the rebels or ISIS, then um, you'll want the United States to get involved because it increases their chance of taking over and winning.
0: Okay, so what you're saying is if you're pro U.S. involvement. You're also pro ISIS.
1: Um, to some extent, yes, because they're like the major one of the major forces um in the area, and most of the rebels do have some or are suspected to have some ISIS leanings.
0: So I read a meme that said, "We just bombed a country who had almost defeated ISIS." Is that true? Was ISIS almost defeated?
1: Um, to some extent, um. As most people probably know by now, um, Assad is pretty much backed by Russia, and he has been for years Mm -hmm. because um, Syria has just been kind of the warm water port for Russia. They're pretty much just a proxy state controlled by Russia.
0: Okay, so if Assad is the good guy, right, why did he use chemicals to kill so many— like, what was the purpose in using those chemicals when it just— killed innocent citizens
1: yeah that's what a lot of people have been asking um there is actually uh i believe congressman Sander up in washington dc that's publicly stated. why is this is this like an official story is this a cover-up because this makes no sense whatsoever um because i think it was just like a civilian target that had been hit but if you remember back in 2013 there was another um, sarin gas attack that Assad was blamed for, and it, um, some people had blamed his brother for doing the attack. But pretty much, um, like a story came out later that it was actually rebels who had performed the sarin gas attack, and that was back in the Obama administration. So it's just pretty much a repeat of what we had in 2013.
0: So do you think this is rebels who are use? Do you think rebels did? the bomb, the chemical attack or is it confirmed that Assad did the attack or are we just assuming Assad did the rebel attack did the did the chemical attack
1: i mean no one really knows it's a war all we know is there is sarin gas in syria so i'm not sure why you want to be there if people are asphyxiating all over the place <laughs> i mean it's a mess why why do you want to be in syria i mean all everyone there is trying to leave and rush into europe
2: Okay, but but aren't they, they leaving because of the Assad regime because it's so bad? Uh, not I, just from from my perspective, it seems like they're like the civil war is so bad, and a lot of it's being caused by the Assad side.
1: I mean, some of it's Assad, some of it's ISIS, and like the rebel faction, it's a bunch of small cells, and each rebel doesn't necessarily have. The same ideas or goals as um, another cell or group. It's just a lot of people with different interests. And then I'm not sure if you know too much, but um, you also have like the Kurdish people as well, who everyone hates. They're also um, in like the ISIS. they are territory. not racist
2: against Kurdish people. Just disclaimer.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Just Leave, <laughs> leave like, off
1: the pod. Yeah. So it just everyone hates the Kurds. And, uh, um, I mean, it'd actually be practical to possibly arm them and try to get the Kurds to gain control of both, like, the northern part of Iraq and Syria. Then we can have, like, a Kurdistan. But that would, like, make Turkey mad and some of the other Arab allies of ours. So, if
0: all of the, all of the Western nations that can take in Syrian refugees do it, then all of the Syrian citizens are gone. What will these warring factions be fighting over?
1: I have no clue, to be honest. <laughs> the Middle East, <laughs> the Middle East is just—it's just constant battle for a uh, um, trade area. Uh, since it's the center part of the world, all the trade routes go through there. So there's potential for wealth. So yeah. everyone wants. Everyone has a stake or claim in the Middle East. And pretty much, uh, Syria is just a continuation of the Cold War between the United States and Russia, trying to uh, um, fight or keep control of the lands.
0: Okay. Um, here here are some tweets from Trump. And let me see if I can get the the picture up real quick. Okay. They they were tweeted in. 2013. August and September of 2013. I, I suppose this is... He he tweeted this after what you were talking about happened. Yeah. And he says, What will we get for bombing Syria besides more debt and possible long-term conflict? Obama needs congressional approval. Uh, if the U.S. attacks Syria and hits the wrong target it's killing civilians, there will be worldwide uh, heck to pay. Stay away and fix broken U.S. Again, to our very foolish leader, do not attack Syria. If you do, many very if you do many very bad things will happen, and from that fight, the U.S. gets nothing. Why did Trump then bomb Syria without Congress's approval after tweeting those back in 2013?
1: Well, um, some people speculate Trump did it just to increase his approval ratings. Or there could be multiple reasons. Um, You always have the military industrial complex to deal with. Um, I mean, they stand to gain from war, and that can go from anything for additional funds to the president's campaign, or just to make um, the war hawks happy. There's multiple reasons to attack Syria, and there's multiple reasons to go on either side. I mean, both... Both factions, both the Assad regime and the rebels, have both been accused of using sarin gas. So you can't really you logically can't really state that it's morally superior to support um, Assad or blame Assad for using sarin gas when the other side did the same thing. Uh, I believe a few people have just used some of the same um, memes that they did back in the Obama administration, two thousand and thirteen. Um, I remember seeing one that stated that we got to kill Syrians to stop Syrians from killing Syrians. And I believe that was from a meme back in 2013, which they just updated and put Trump's picture on instead of Barack Obama's.
0: Okay. What implications will this have for the future of America? Is America still the nation that the rest of the world is looking to for action, or have we taken a backseat to that?
1: Um... I'm not really sure what the rest of the world thinks. Um, I mean, back in the Obama administration, you saw Putin start to get more aggressive and advance back into the Ukraine. And it was actually the the um, British who stepped up and challenged Putin to um, kind of halt his advance into Europe or further taking over Ukraine. Um, so to an extent, yes, the rest of the world watches uh, to see what the United States does, but they do. They also look to China as one of the economic powerhouses, as well as to Russia, um, because they also have a small, hege- hege- small hege- hegemon up in the um, northern part of the world. And I mean, Great Britain has a little bit of influence, but they can't really back it up that much. Pretty much, um, Britain just works off U.S. influence. Because if Britain does something, the United States most likely will get involved and back up Britain. That's pretty much what they bet on during the Obama administration.
2: So I, I found. Um, oh, you sorry. go ahead. You go ahead. On Sunday, I saw a graphic that the USA Today put out, and it was just saying that the countries that support slash oppose the strike on Syria, and the ones that oppose were China, Indonesia. Iran, Russia, and Syria. But the ones that support it are like Canada, Germany, Israel, Japan, um, United Kingdom, United Arab Emir- Emirates. And like, so it's almost like, like this the access and the allies is what I'm seeing it
1: yeah. as. Um, I mean, it's pretty much continuation of the Cold War. Um, Russia's staked a claim on Syria for years, And pretty much, it's a bunch of our allies. um, They kind of want to overthrow Russian influence in Syria. Just to uh, um, so, pretty much, Europe and America's interest is at um, weakening Russia's influence in the world, which is which is kind of interesting because um, Russia currently is in a way a Christian nation, which. Eh,
0: they're Eastern
1: Orthodox, it's a
0: little different
1: Oh yeah, true, I guess But but isn't like
2: I don't know if it's like the media's portraying this But isn't Trump kind of like buddy-buddy with Russia, it seems like? That's awesome It seems like the conservative GOP is like moving more pro-Russia Than it was 10 years ago
1: I mean, it's interesting just because I mean Trump's a businessman. He has worked with Russia before, and part of this may even be Trump trying to distance himself from Russia. Um, there's tons and tons of theories out there. Some are cons- there's some conspiracy theories that said that tr- um, Putin planned this whole thing just to try to push public perspective of Trump away from Russia. Um, but it's kind of hard to back that Trump was Trump won simply because of Russia, just so he could uh, um, just so he could oppose Russia within the next few months of his presidency. So it just it makes it makes no sense if you know what I mean.
0: All right, Lee, so where do you stand with the whole thing?
1: Oh, I just think we shouldn't really get involved with syria whatsoever let the russians bleed their own resources in trying to end the civil war um and let them take on isis too if they fail then we can jump in but i'm not sure if you remember back in 2013 um when barack obama tried to get involved in russia he expected british support and the prime minister went before british parliament to try um Get them, get the um, British Parliament to agree to go into Syria, and British Parliament voted no, and it shocked both the Washington administration as well as the Prime Minister, and that was back during David Cameron, who recently left office because of Brexit, of all things. So it's definitely an interesting issue because although. Europe publicly supports that they do not approve of the Assad regime. The fact is, in 2013, they did nothing, um, and expecting them to go in now might also, might also be a um, misconception that they'll actually back some sort of action against Syria. I mean, it could all just be words currently.
0: All right, so do you see us moving towards war, or do you think this will all blow over eventually?
1: I mean, I don't know. It's a civil war. It's hard to tell what will really happen. Um, There's just too many factors at play.
0: Okay, since Syria is so broken up right now and politically disorganized, do you think Syria is ever going to be able to attack the United States?
1: Oh, heck no. That'd be... You'd have... It'd be more likely for a kindergartner to beat up a high school senior.
0: Oh, okay.
1: And yeah. So we're safe. We're good. Is, we're, has pretty that been much like safe. a
0: study
2: shown by like Harvard or something?
1: I mean, I'm doubtful. We have more.
2: T- I'm, I'm just playing.
1: We're, we have. <laughs> Russia is a bigger threat to us than Syria ever really would be. Um, I mean, most of the Middle Eastern countries, the closest they come to to actually be a threat is would be some sort of genetically engineered disease because that's something we really don't have a defense for right but
0: since the last time russia and the united states had a big conflict we ended up having to bail russia out of the conflict with us so do you think that would be the issue again
1: possibly russia does tend to overextend. It really doesn't have the resources it did back in the, during the Soviet Union era. And I remember I read some studies recently that even back in the Soviet area, just in conventional forces, we would have taken out Russia fairly quickly. Um, The only exception to that was back when um, the Russians actually had spy in the Navy they got communications on the locations of all our naval bases, ships, and at that point in time, um, the United States, if Russia had acted on the intelligence they had, the United States would have been helpless, and Russia's first strike will it dealt a deadly blow against the United States, but currently, um, Russia really doesn't stand much of a threat. Um, the most that would happen would be pitting Europe against the United States and maybe yeah. Pushing the United States to abandon their bases in Europe and just that's mostly because of some of the tensions that the Trump election has done, mostly because he's advocated for um pretty pretty much putting America first all right, well, John, do you have any follow up questions
0: or statements
2: um not really, I think I learned a whole lot about Syria. I, I didn't really do any homework on the subject when we
0: talked about it, but, um, Oh, fantastic. Yeah. I learned a lot. Well,
1: Lee, any, any follow-up statements? I think I pretty much covered, or at least a basic overview of the Syria issue. Um, I mean, it's like I said, it's a complex issue. I could talk for hours on it. I, cause I've been staying, studying Syria, um, for years plus like i've had i've had ir classes up since last year and most of the case studies was either on the soviet union or um the civil war in syria but. all right also awesome. very interesting
0: lee thanks for joining us tonight i think our viewers will enjoy this conversation and sean you want to do the sign off
2: yeah Well, uh, thanks for listening to us. Be sure to check us out on our Facebook page, the Take It Easy Podcast. And we are new to iTunes, so be sure to subscribe to us on the podcast app, and you will get notifications of when we post new episodes. And uh, that's about it. Have a good day.
0: Bye. Bye. My fingers kind of smell like pee and I don't know why. Maybe it's the type of soap I'm using.